0: I mean, the weird thing is that I feel like we've turned this corner from quarantine being this new, crazy routines are all up in the air and what's going on to like, this is feeling like a routine, like it's a new normal. And I don't like that feeling, (laughs) but it's become like a normal thing now, just being at home. We have our routine set and, but it's starting to drag on and it's really starting to feel like this needs to end soon <laughs> I mean we're coming up on a month of doing this and um it feels like so much longer than that but I really miss being at the studio I miss seeing everybody's faces I miss being able to like collaborate on projects and there's just been a lot of weight on the three of us for a little while now so I'm really I'm really wait- wanting this to be over soon
1: yeah I'm I'm ready for it to be over well I'm ready for I know it's not going to just be over one day I know it's not gonna be like a light switch but I'm ready for kind of the next thing that is hopefully hopefully in a better direction I just miss people I miss seeing people I miss uh you know going to the grocery store and seeing people smile it's just they're all covered in masks and I don't know I just I just want it to be over
0: yeah that's it's such a strange experience. like I don't I haven't gone to the grocery store. The only place I've gone is to the studio on back, which barely qualifies as being out. And so I feel like I've just been holed up here for so long. And it could be a lot worse. We could be sick, we could be hospitalized. but at the same time, it feels like Groundhog day, and I'm ready for the next the next season to start. Jeff and I recorded that in the middle of April of 2020. Right now, as this episode goes live, it's the beginning of October, 2020. And while quite a few months have passed and a heck of a lot has happened since April, things like Groundhog Day, new normal, ready for this to end and a new season to begin, those are all still feelings that I feel about this whole COVID experience this year. This is the first episode of season four of Creative Rising, and season three of the show ended back in March of 2020, just as the initial quarantine for the whole COVID pandemic set in for us here in San Diego, California. In fact, after you listen to this episode here, go back and listen to the bonus episode number 310, which I recorded just a week into the initial shutdown when all of our business was actively disappearing and we had to furlough our staff. For that episode, I sat down on the floor of my bedroom with a spare microphone and I documented everything that was happening around us. And I'm so glad I did it because it was a really frightening time for all of us in the wedding world. And when I recorded that episode, we thought this whole thing was only going to last a few months. We thought this was going to be over in June or July of this year, and we thought all of our weddings were just going to be postponed a few months until the fall, until right now. I really didn't think this pandemic and all of these restrictions could possibly last until October. And as we all know, this is still our reality as I'm recording this and as this episode is going live. Weddings weren't just postponed until the fall. They have been postponed until next year, until 2021. And as of right now, there is really no clear end in sight to this whole thing, and what it looks like with having restrictions lifted on large gatherings and events. So it's been six months since this pandemic started. And as you'll hear in this episode, there's been a lot going on behind the scenes here at our studio that we haven't talked about very much on social media. And it's honestly been a deeply challenging time for us. And since this is a show about what it's really like to run a photography business, I didn't want to start this season just glossing over the struggles that we have all been facing this year. Every industry has been affected differently by the COVID pandemic this year, and all in very different ways. I mean, some industries have received a really unexpected boom in sales, while others have been totally unaffected. And some businesses have had to pivot and modify their operations. But as event professionals, our industry is counted among the list of industries that has been totally decimated. At the beginning of this year, Jeff and I had booked our goal of 15 amazing weddings for the Young ones. We were cutting back from our typical 20 weddings that we do every year to give ourselves some more margin to grow our other brands while also raising our son, James. But as of right now, at the beginning of October, we will only shoot four weddings this year. And one of those weddings was in February, just a week before the first quarantine shutdown. And two of those four weddings have been last minute elopements that we have booked during quarantine, which means that out of our 15 weddings that we started this year with, only one of them has actually stuck around during COVID. The rest were postponed or canceled. And it's been a very similar story for our Clove and Kin brand. We will end up shooting six weddings for Clovenkin Kin total this year. And two of those happened before the shutdown. One of those has been an elopement. So three of the original weddings we had booked for that brand are still occurring. Beyond weddings, the bulk of our revenue for our commercial brand, and Photographers, comes from corporate events. So things like multi-day conferences, company parties, trade shows and conventions, all of these big gatherings that cannot happen until further notice. At the turn of the year, back in January, we were on track to do over $700,000 in revenue. And as of this moment, we are at 23% of that goal. We have lost 77% of our business in six months. And this story that I am telling you of our business is not unique. This is the same situation that I have heard from all of our event professional friends. The losses have been astonishing and heartbreaking. And I bet that you have a very similar story too. You turned the corner on 2020 with a full calendar and big goals and very quickly, both of those things disappeared and you have spent this year reeling from the impact. For some of you, this year has caused you to really slow down. With no client work, you have had way more time on your hands and maybe boredom or spinning your wheels or just not knowing what to do with your business to get ready for 2021, that has been top of mind. Or maybe this year has just been absolutely crazy because you have kids and school, childcare, and routines have all been completely disrupted. So there hasn't been any slowing down for you. In fact, it's been a chaotic exercise in patience and grace as you try to get yourself and your family and your business through all of this. For us, our reality has been the latter. There hasn't been any kind of slowing down for us. In fact, it's felt like everything has gone into hyperdrive. If you've listened to that bonus episode, number 310, that I recorded in that first week of the pandemic, you'll hear that we decided to furlough our staff pretty immediately after the initial shutdown. Besides just Jeff and me, we have four additional employees and we furloughed three of them. We kept our operations director, our integrator, Kelsey, and she's been on it full time and she's been our support system because Jeff and I no longer had childcare due to quarantine. I mean, both of us had a lot less time to work since one of us always had to be caring for James. We were just splitting our time. And while things were incredibly stressful and terrifying as we watched our revenue disappear, again, We only thought that this was gonna be going on for a few months. This was March and the world, we thought, was going to open back up in June. And we were like, okay, in June, we are going to start making money again. So we just had to get through three months and then we could start booking jobs and shooting again and everything would start being okay. So we just needed a game plan for the next few months. Jeff, what was our game plan? for our business during that initial quarantine period
1: to me the immediate like number one priority was to get a total handle on our cash flow figure out where the money was coming from how much of it was going out what we could cut back what we could do what we could change because the 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 goal was to get everybody back to work and we needed to know when we could afford to do that and how we could afford to do that
0: yeah, so we started doing these daily stand up Zoom meetings with Kelsey, who was our only employee that we kept on. We kept her on full time because you and I were suddenly half time because we had no childcare. Everyone that was watching James so that we could work was no longer an option because we were shut down in quarantine.
1: Yeah, we like basically went back to how it was when James was a newborn and we split everything like 50 50. So we were just at home in our house with James, not getting any work done uh we had we needed kelsey we had to have kelsey around
0: yeah so every day during james's nap time that's the only time that we you and i could possibly work together uh we had daily zoom meetings and on those meetings we talked about cash flow a lot like
1: yeah we made a spreadsheet like i know so surprising i made a spreadsheet (laughs) made a spreadsheet right away and we were updating that daily with what was going on with our cash flow um because people were canceling, stuff was moving. We were getting you know, corporate clients that owed us money. They were saying, okay, it'll be next month that I'll pay you. And so all these things were constantly shifting. And so the picture of when money was going to be in and how it was leaving, it was changing on a daily basis. So spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> and I know it was the same for a lot of people. We went through every single expense in our business. Like what was every little subscription we had and how could we eliminate any unnecessary stuff from our business? And we went through basically anything we could think of that we're like, okay, what is an actual critical expense and what are expenses that we can either pause or stop altogether?
1: Yeah. And I think it was, I mean, at that time, we were prepared for it to be, like, this is going to go on until June. So let's just cut everything that we don't need. You know, we can live without it for a few months, but it'll put us in a good place. And maybe it'll go longer. Maybe it'll go longer than June. So let's just set ourselves up. But we can we can live without that little neat little luxury or, you know, cool software for a few months.
0: Yeah. So our entire mindset was like, we need to get through the next two and a half months until June. And then we can start booking and making revenue again. <laughs> And at the same time that we're like so focused on our cash flow, we were also just brainstorming any possible revenue generating idea that we could think of during this time that was so crazy. It's not like we could book jobs. So, was there anything else we could do to make some money?
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's a good thing to point out that that at that point we also reevaluated all of our revenue goals because we had big goals that were based on past performance um that we had to change in that time but it was i mean the singular focus i think the f- primary focus was how do we get our team back to work and it was and uh, to me it was less about how do we get enough work for our team to come back to work it was just like how do we get them back cuz they're hurting we're all hurting let's get back to work
0: yeah we sat down and had a meeting you me and kelsey which was split across two days during James's nap and after James went to bed every night for two days And we looked at our original 2020 revenue goal, which was a 20% increase over our 2019 revenue goal, which was the most revenue we've ever made in our business ever, was 2019. So, this giant goal we had for 2020 was suddenly no longer possible. And we sat down for those two days, reevaluated our numbers, reevaluated all of our goals. And it was so hard because it was like this giant kick in the gut of, Everything we were excited about for 2020, all these amazing projects and objectives and all of these, you know, all this money we were planning on making this year had just disappeared. And it felt like the rug was just pulled out from under us. So we had to recreate all of our revenue goals and they were substantially less than what we originally planned. And even now today, like we're still not meeting those goals because- Things have just been so crazy and so off, but doing that initial reevaluation was absolutely critical at that time.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it was, it was a gut punch, but it was like a slow gut punch because, you know, we went through the numbers once and we cut them down and then it was like, I don't think we've cut them down enough. This isn't realistic. I mean, that's the thing. That's what, why you, what you and Kelsey bring to the business is that dose of reality. And I bring all the positivity where I'm like, it won't be that bad. Like we don't have to cut down more but you guys were right. We had to cut it down more and you're right. We're we're not hitting the goals that we've adjusted. I mean, we're, we're progressing towards them. And I think if we hadn't reevaluated the goals and hadn't changed them, we would just feel completely defeated instead of feeling like, well, we're in this process. We're not hitting the goals, but at least we're in the ballpark. Like we are in the ballpark, but we're not crushing it. Man, 2019 was just this crazy great year and what a shift.
0: And at the time, I think we all wanted to bury our heads in the sand and not look at our numbers because it was so difficult to face that reality. But I'm so thankful we did. And we have forced ourselves to look at our numbers all year long, ever since. And it is the toughest thing to do. It never feels good. As a business owner, it feels awful to see like just the drastic difference between what we wanted and what current reality is. But I... Also don't think that we would have been able to bring our people back, that we would be able to be on track the way we are, to kind of get our business back on track the way we have, if we haven't been looking at our numbers this whole time. Like, I feel like we've been doing better because of it, and we would have been doing worse if we had just ignored everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're in that rhythm of every week at our team meeting, we pull up our scorecard, we look at the numbers. And a lot of weeks, it's exactly the same as it was last week. And it can be discouraging, but I think it's so important. I think it's been important for our team. It's been definitely important for us to just keep that pulse on what's going on. Um, It's rough, but it's really good.
0: So the first priority during that initial quarantine shutdown was to get a handle on our cash flow and get clarity on our numbers And then the second thing that became top priority immediately was to help other photographers get through this, because we realized that we're not the only ones that are being affected. Like every single wedding photographer is being affected in the same way. And so what can we do to help them get through this season, even as we're figuring it out? And so the first thing we did was we contacted our lawyer who helps us with our contracts, and we got clear on some contract language and we put out some templates to other photographers on how to handle all these postponements and these cancellations.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was crazy because we, it was, you know, just to back up as educators, I think as soon as things started happening, we just started getting reached out to by all of our community. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And that is what made us say, this is the time for us to help. What can we do? So um, yeah, when we put out the like, you know, how to change the date or how to do um, the date change addendums and COVID dealing with COVID-19, that was the most downloaded thing we've ever put out ever. And it was crazy just to see how many people were affected. It was like, Oh, I thought that our Facebook group would really enjoy this, but it was thousands and thousands of people downloading this and putting into practice. And that kind of was very sobering for me.
0: And if you're listening to this, those templates are still available and they're free. And so if you want some language on how to handle a cancellation or postponement, and the link will be in the show notes, you can go grab it. We don't have any plans to take it down. Again, totally free. You can just grab that language there.
1: Yeah. And then after that, we put out a bunch of blog posts that would help people know what to do with their business during the time. And then we launched Thrive, our business intensive.
0: Yeah. The the plan all along for 2020 was to build a business course for photographers and launch it this year. And during our reevaluation period, we decided that was still a huge priority to do, especially with photographers being in such a state where they needed to work on their businesses. And so we felt like it was a perfect fit. So we had over a hundred photographers apply for our beta program for the Thrive Business Intensive. Uh, I accepted half of those people and I spent eight weeks running 50 students through this new business course and building it at the same time. And it was One of the most challenging things that I've ever done, but one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And it has been such an incredible experience. We have just finished the second round of Thrive, and this second round of students have gained so much from this program. And so we've had like 100 businesses transformed just this year because of this business program. And so I'm incredibly proud of it. But that was a very challenging season, building this intense eight-week coaching program for photographers while being in the middle of quarantine. So at this point during the quarantine, four to five weeks in, we are definitely stressed, but we're feeling okay. We've got a rhythm going with our daily meetings. Jeff, Kelsey, and I, we work super well together. So we're feeling like we're making the most of this really crazy, unexpected time. Our beta program for Thrive is just starting. I'm loving our students. And then this happened.
1: We got pregnant.
0: Yeah, we got pregnant with our second child. Um, the My pregnancy with James was relatively easy After the first trimester, but the first trimester was really, really tough with James, super nauseous, super exhausted, but it led up after 17 weeks and then the rest of the pregnancy was great. It was definitely the same story with this pregnancy during the first trimester, only worse. Um, One, because we're in quarantine. Two, because we already have a two-year-old that I'm running around after And three, because the nausea was just way, way worse than it was even with James. And so I'm crazy exhausted, can barely function. I'm nauseous all the time. I'm trying to get whatever food I can in my body and trying to fight for this business, working as much as I possibly can, even though I can barely function. And I'm building this beta course and this program for photographers, which requires so much intense headspace and brain work, creating eight modules, eight weeks worth of insane content of everything I know about business for photographers.
1: All while you're pregnant. Like I was, frankly, I was impressed. (laughs) I mean, I'm always impressed by you, but this was next level. But it was so challenging.
0: It was The hardest season of my life. Like this year in general has been the toughest year I've ever experienced, like in so many ways. But that two month period was the worst. It was awful trying to function while also being pregnant. But I loved our students. I loved the course. I loved what we were doing. But it was physically and mentally crazy challenging for me. I would go to Jeff so often and I'm at week eight, week 10, week 11 of the pregnancy, knowing that I have to make it to week at least 17 to 20, because that's when the nausea led up for James. And I would say I have two more months to go of this state, and I don't know how I'm going to make it through these two months and how I'm going to get to June. I felt like I was at 30% of my mental and physical capacity during a season that has required 150% capacity from both of us. What was that experience like for you having a super nauseous wife that was at very little capacity?
1: I mean, it's a good question. I mean, it, I it was challenging. And not challenge like you were you were you have been great, you are <laughs> great. That's not what I mean challenging. I mean, you know, we were aligned in what we were doing. We knew that what we're doing we had to be doing we weren't just it wasn't just busy work it wasn't us just like spinning our wheels it was like no this stuff is necessary if we're gonna see this stuff survive and if we're gonna help the people we want to help our team and photographers like this is what we have to do and so i think for me it was it was um i mean it it was it was hard (laughs) it was hard seeing because i uh, I knew it was important to you and I wanted everything in me to say, just like, just, just lay down, just sleep, just don't do anything. That's the gift that we had with James with our first pregnancy. Like it was like, you could, you didn't have to do stuff because we were in a season of plenty. And um, so it's hard to see you working so hard and for us to talk about it daily, like, and agree that this is what you needed to do. We were all doing it. You, me and Kelsey, hundred and fifty plus percent hundred fifty is on the low end. We were just pushing ourselves, so it's really hard for me to see you do all that um but uh, I think I would buffer that hardness by um just being so proud, you know, like amazed at your focus, like I think that was the funny thing. I think I said that a lot of times, didn't I, to you like how are you so focused? And I'm so not. Like right now, like I'm more frenetic than you are, and you should be the one that's like all over the place. But when you sat down, and even if you only had 30%, it was like the best
0: 30%. Those first two months of the quarantine shutdown, when very few businesses were open and all of us were working from home, were incredibly difficult. We barely went out. We planned out all of our grocery runs for every two weeks. We stocked up on essentials. And don't worry, we didn't go crazy with the toilet paper. But only Jeff would go out to pick anything up. And so for the first month, Jeff would just come home and tell me stories about how everyone was wearing masks and how eerie it was. I didn't see any of that until like six weeks into quarantine. When I finally made my first drive up target order, and it was a full two months before I even got out of the car and walked into a store again, even our local park was totally closed during this time. And I'm not talking about just the playground area that is still shut down, but we couldn't even go through walks through the park, like in the big open grassy area. And our park is really big with really large open areas. So in order to get out of the house and be able to handle all of that first trimester nausea, I would go on really long walks with James in the stroller throughout our neighborhood. But James would very quickly be over it with sitting in the stroller. I mean, he turned two at the end of April and he's a very active child. So we would go to the local middle school. And because the parking lot was empty when it should have been full of cars and students, I would let him just ride around his scooter in the empty parking lot. And during this whole time of this just extreme isolation, my biggest thought was, Lord, just get us to June. If we can only make it to June, then the world will start opening back up again. We can start booking jobs again. Our team can come back to work. I'll be out of the first trimester. Our beta program will be complete, which means our course will be built. And maybe, maybe, maybe things will feel a little more normal. In the meantime, we were just waiting, and fighting, and surviving. This is going to sound incredibly cliche, but in writing this episode and looking back on the last six months, The best way to describe this COVID season is as a roller coaster. I mean, if you think about it, the last several years of economic growth that we've experienced was like that slow, steady ride to the top of the roller coaster. And then those first weeks of the shutdown when all of our revenue disappeared and we had to furlough our staff was that first huge, terrifying drop. All Jeff and I could do was hold on while the pits of our stomachs dropped out. But then after that first big drop came the ups and the downs. And that really started with the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program, which in and of itself was a complete roller coaster.
1: So it's Sunday, April 5th. We applied for the PPP loan, the Paycheck Protection Program loan. That's the one that will give us some temporary funding to bring back our staff before the work requires it so it gives gives us a chance to kind of pay them even though there's not work to be done and uh, so we're really excited about it we the applications opened on friday it was a little bit of a mess how they opened but um i'm feeling i'm feeling hopeful i'm feeling excited
0: yeah when are they talking about like the funding coming like i mean they're saying it's going to come fast if from what i'm hearing with everything what do you know
1: yeah. So the guy at Chase was saying, um, like he's having like like uh stuff is funding really quick. Like some some is happening in minutes, some is happening, you know, the next day. So he was wow, like, really?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy.
1: Really fast. Um, and so he was like, Yeah, just get your stuff in ASAP. So um yeah, that's what I'm doing right now is getting everything over to him so he can have it first thing Monday morning.
0: Jeez, I had no idea it was gonna be that fast. That's crazy. Like, so we could have because we have to have, as soon as we get the funding, is when we need to have people come back, right? Because we need to well, start right away?
1: Uh Yeah, I mean, like, so the forgiveness part means that, you know, we need to start, we need to bring people back right away. So it's not like we'd get the funding and then, you know, wait a few months to start using it. The idea is, is that we get the funding and then we start paying people right away. I mean, it's just to get people back to work. And so, yeah, like, literally, if it funds Tomorrow then we could have people back Tuesday
0: but the funding didn't come through in a few days it didn't even come through that following week in fact we started hearing some really troubling news about the PPP program running out of money when this happened what's going on we were just on in our like daily stand-up meeting with um, you mean Kelsey which is everyone that we have on our staff right now mm-hmm. and we were waiting to hear on whether we were going to get our PPP loan funded and like during the meeting Kelsey's like oh here's a an email from Chase and we'd been hearing about all these other people getting rejection letters because um the news has been saying that they run out of money and she opened it up and we got rejected so we didn't get any money to help out any of our people, and that—I mean—that sucks.
1: Well, we didn't get rejected. That's not what that means. It means that um, we this first round of funding is is empty, and then the and Congress is right now trying to put another two hundred billion dollar fund together to go on top of it. So our application we have been approved. Um, but, but the, it hasn't been funded and it will not be funded until more money is given. So we're not rejected.
0: Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. That's a good clarification. Like our application had been approved and I've been sitting there waiting for, uh, for a while, but
1: yeah, I've been checking in all week and I've just been like, Hey, what's going on? And they're like, yeah, it's good, man. Like, uh, it, the, the money should wire any minute. Like, today tomorrow i don't know like so it's just kind of been this waiting game all week every day i've been calling my guy in new york and he's like yeah it's gonna be fine it's gonna be fine and then today oh we ran out of money i mean it's the sba ran out of money so look what read this
0: yay that's so exciting uh, Jeff just handed me a piece of paper that is a <clears throat> a printed out email that says your paycheck protection program loan application was approved
1: yay <laughs> oh, my God,
0: so oh my gosh we've been waiting for uh, a month oh,
1: yeah. it's been it's been a month and I literally this morning was feeling all this pressure and anxiety about like when is it coming, is it coming, and I was about to like text our banker in New York, which is not appropriate, but I but I have his cell phone and I was about to be like, what's going on, do I need to go to a different bank, do I need to take my business elsewhere, and then this came through.
0: That's This is amazing news. Our team is going to be so excited. They have been waiting for so long and just, we don't know anything, they don't know anything, it's just been... It's been so tough for them. I'm so excited to let them know the good news.
1: How are we going to tell them? (laughs) Zoom happy hour?
0: Uh, I'm good, I'm good. I don't want,
1: no No more more Zoom happy happy hours. happy hours. Those have gotten a little old. James is literally yelling in the other room.
0: By the time we got to the end of May, we had been in quarantine for over two months, and we felt like we had been through the worst of it, or at least we really hoped that we had. Our staff was back to work, although they were working remotely, and because of the PPP funding, we had some runway to get through the next few months with our cash flow. But the PPP funds were limited. And they would only get us through two more months. So we clung to that promise of the economy opening in June because we needed to start generating some real revenue again in order to stand on our own by the time the money ran out. But things were looking up. The first round of openings happened here in California over Memorial Day weekend Like, our park opened up again. I mean, not the playground, but at least we could go play in the grass and walk around. Our zoo opened up with limited capacity, but that's where we go and walk all the time. Restaurants were modifying and opening up again, and we felt like things were getting better, even though they were still far from normal. But then the murder of George Floyd sent the nation reeling into the racial reckoning that we're experiencing today. And 2020 has become not just a year of pandemic, but one of racial accountability for all of us. At least that has definitely been true for me, a white woman in San Diego with a microphone. And it was during those first difficult and convicting weeks of protests and uprising and personal conversations that I had that it became obvious with this podcast, Creative Rising, that I have totally failed to incorporate voices of color. I have absolutely no excuse for this. It is not okay. And it is something that I am 100% committed to rectifying moving forward. So as a listener of Creative Rising, I am giving you full permission to hold me accountable to that commitment of diversifying the voices that you hear on this show. And you have permission to do that either publicly or privately. But behind the scenes, this has pushed me a lot to live up to that commitment. And it's been a necessary push and I'm grateful for it. And this show will be better because of it. Besides just Creative Rising, We have also committed in our studio to keeping the conversation alive in our personal lives. So our staff has started doing happy hours together where we stop work early, we gather together around some drinks, and we talk about racial issues in our country. Our commitment is to keep those conversations going so they don't fizzle out with the next news cycle, but so they stay in our consciousness so that real change occurs and we individually reckon with our racist behaviors and the impact that they have. Those are just a few of the commitments that we've made as a result of this racial reckoning and because of the power of the Black Lives Matter movement. And I will stay committed to this necessary transformation in my life and in our business. It was during this period in mid-June, during the initial round of openings in California, that we were finally able to physically open up our studio and our offices again. And that was when our staff was able to come back to work in person. Now, thankfully, we have a big space and most of us have separate offices, so we were able to ease into working together in, you know, separate spaces while being in the same space. But that hope that we were holding on in our heads that June would be this magical beginning of the end to all of this. Well, as we all know, it hasn't exactly turned out that way. How would you describe business since our employees came back? And things have kind of sort of opened up since June, even though that in itself has been a roller coaster with things opening and shutting and closing and restrictions changing all the time. How would you describe your experience?
1: I mean, yeah, aside from roller coaster, it has become, um, you know, I think I'd say it's a trickle of business. Like people are slowly um, getting the confidence to be fine um, doing different types of shoots and like small events. Like we've shot a few elopements and very small weddings. And then headshots started picking back up. I think that was something that like people were like in quarantine, I need a new headshot because I'm remote and now I need all this stuff. So there was, there was a lineup of people needing, needing headshots. That's been going, um, new product clients have started coming in. It's nowhere near what it was. It's not back by any means. It's not even close, but I think it's been like this trickle of people, Starting to, starting to come back and work with us. The thing that has, I would say absolutely exploded is our studio rentals. So we have the giant studio that we're not using as much as we were. And so we just made it available to other photographers and filmmakers. And in the course of quarantine, a number of studios that are similar to ours, like a uh, big commercial spaces actually shut down, closed their doors for good, done. And so we're one of the few in San Diego and people are coming to it. And, you know, Jessica, our studio manager, like learned everything about all the regulations and how to sanitize and how to like make it all proper. So it's a really safe place. So that's just gone crazy. So it's like got a trickle of certain things. You got an explosion of that. And then you still have like the question mark of what's happening with weddings. Um, So it's it's definitely a roller coaster is a good way to describe it but like not like the fun kind of roller coaster.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that question mark is still there because the bulk of our revenue for our studio in general between our commercial and wedding business are events, wedding events and large corporate events and conferences. And so we just don't know when that's going to start happening again. Is it going to be January of 2021? Is it going to be middle of 2021? Is it not going to be until 2022? And so- There are all kinds of different scenarios that could happen, and we have absolutely no idea when those are going to be back. And in the meantime, we're trying to figure out what we can do with these other portions of our business and if we're going to be able to make up the revenue in that way. We are booking weddings for 2021. Like, it's crazy the amount of weddings that are happening next year, how venues have just completely booked up by already. And it's because of everything getting pushed back and postponed. So I can't imagine that all of those weddings would have to move again. That would be crazy. But again, that's what we were saying earlier this year when we're like, it would be crazy if things didn't start happening again by June. Yeah. So I'm, not, I'm nothing is off the table at this point. Nothing is off the table. Just like the metaphor of the roller coaster, if I were to sum up 2020, that would also be a statement that would be a front runner. Nothing is off the table anymore. But within this whole experience, there has definitely been some interesting and very valuable lessons that we have both learned. A question that I get a lot from people that either I know super well or I don't know at all, complete strangers ask me this when I first meet them and they find out what we do, is the question of, so how has all of this affected your business? And I just kind of don't know what to say Mm -hmm. because I don't know if they really actually want to hear the truth. Like, do they actually want to hear that our business has been completely wrecked? And how do I frame it in a way where I don't seem like a complete Debbie Downer, but the reality is we've lost 78 to 80% of our business because of all this. And it's kind of an awkward conversation to talk about. And so sometimes I'll sugarcoat it and say, you know, it's been hit hard. You know, weddings haven't happened, events haven't happened, but you know, we're we're doing okay and we're, we're making it through. Other times I just say it like it is. Like, yeah, it's been awful. It's been terrible. Our business is suffering because of it. We're hopeful for the future, but it's been a, the hardest season of our life. I don't know. What's been your experience with that?
1: Yeah, I think the same. I mean, I, you know, as a Enneagram seven, I don't ever want to be a Debbie Downer. So I'm more always on the positive outlook. It's like, yeah, you know, it's coming back. It's been really hard, but it's coming back. But there are people, I think, I think it's been very recent that there's been more people that will actually follow up that question and say, like, tell me what's really going on. Like, like you seem tired, what's happening. And then we'll get into it and and share. And I think it's It's just crazy to see how businesses are affected so differently in both ways so yeah my experience has been definitely very similar
0: the thing i am most grateful for this year through this whole experience is that we operate our business in a system that allows us to stay clear on our goals know what our priorities are, and get rid of any shiny object syndromes, which has been a huge problem this year with everything going on. A system that allows us to face our issues and to get clear on our numbers. And that whole system that we use in our business is what I built into the Thrive Business Intensive. And so not only has it helped our business get through this year, but it has has helped, you know, a hundred other photography businesses get through this year as well. And, you know, students have told me like, this system is pandemic proof in so many ways. Like, no, their business hasn't been immune to weddings, postponing and canceling and all the stuff that's happening. But they have told me like, we have been able to get through this season in a way that we never would have been able to get through if it weren't for Thrive. They've been able to work on their businesses, stay clear-headed, stay on track for their goals, and they're going into 2021 feeling like a completely different business, and they're going to kill it next year because of everything that they've done in Thrive. And so I am super proud of that, and I am just so thrilled for all these photographers that have this system in place to keep their business moving forward, even during a crazy difficult year.
1: Yeah, I think like the thing that I might add to that is there, I don't think that we've experienced a sense of hopelessness in this whole thing. It's never been hopeless. It's been hard. It's been difficult. It's been challenging. And part of the reason that I think that there hasn't been hopelessness is because we have had that framework. We had it pre-pandemic, which is the beautiful thing. Cause you made it (laughs) and we had it. And so we had our weekly rhythms, we had our quarterly rhythms, we had our goals, we knew it was going on. And so in the midst of all that chaos, we had this touchstone of that framework to be doing like, we still had every single weekly meeting. We looked at our numbers every single week. We still had our quarterly meetings where we adjusted our goals. We looked at what would happen. We looked at how things were going. We adjusted them. We had the framework. And if we didn't have the framework, I think we would have truly felt completely adrift at sea, would have felt completely lost, and would have, I think, felt very discouraged and almost wanting to give up.
0: My biggest piece of advice and encouragement to photographers moving forward after this experience is that we're going to have to operate differently than we did before. Like the economy leading up until this pandemic was going really well. And so you could, you know, kind of ride the the economy a little bit and it was easier to book weddings. It was easier to start this business and there just wasn't as many challenges facing us those challenges are going to be here for a a while longer. And so we're going to have to really tighten up the way we do things. We're going to have to step it up as CEOs and really work on these businesses in a way that we didn't really, really have to before in order to get by. And so take the time now to work on your business and take the time to let this year be a refining by fire moment. Like, There's a lot of fire. This is crazy. It's not easy, but allow this to refine your business into a better business because moving forward, you're going to have to have a business that is tightened up, buttoned up, leveled up in order to really succeed moving forward. You and I are lucky and unlucky in the fact that we're doing this together because you know our entire livelihood is in this one business and so it's not like you have a different job and I have a different job and we can rely on someone else's salary like we're in it in it the two of us together but we're lucky that we're in it together like neither one of us is alone in this so that's definitely been um wonderful this year that both of us have been feeling it and we understand and we don't have to explain to each other, like what this experience has been like.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've, it's been, it's been quite the experience, but I would not want to go through it with anybody else. You're a great partner in crime and a always adventure buddy. Thanks, sweetie. Aww. Aww. <laughs>
0: everyone has a story from 2020. And before this season four gets underway, I just wanted to take a moment to share ours here in this episode, because while our story is unique, in a lot of ways, it's not. Even though no two experiences have been alike in this collective space of COVID, it's still a shared experience that we're all going through this global pandemic. And if you're listening, you and I both probably also shared the experience of running a wedding photography business when weddings don't exactly exist like they usually do. And right now in this episode, I don't have any expert advice for you. I don't have the secret to dealing with a global pandemic, but I do know that it has truly been an honor to walk through this year with nearly a hundred other photographers in our Thrive Business Intensive. It has been humbling and inspiring witnessing these business owners and these CEOs dig in deep and transform their businesses from the inside out using our Thrive Framework. Since the beginning of this pandemic, my mantra has been that it is not about how am I going to survive my circumstances? Instead, the question that I've been asking myself is, who will I become because of these circumstances? And I have watched a hundred other photographers become the CEOs that they were created to be, while at the same time, transforming my own capacity to become the CEO that I'm created to be. Before I go and send you off into season four of this show, I wanna let you know that we are opening the doors on the Thrive Business Intensive just one more time this year in 2020. The doors will be opening in November of this year for you to enroll in the eight week program. Now the actual eight weeks will begin the first week of January, 2021. So you will sign up for your seat in November, Enjoy the holiday season with your family and then dig into your business starting January 1st, 2021. And then guys, the doors to thrive aren't going to open up again for another year. We will not enroll a new set of students until next Thanksgiving, one year from now in 2021. So if you want to get in, sign up for the waitlist at thrivebusinessintensive.com and you'll be the first to be notified when the doors open. Seats are limited since this is a coaching program. So you'll want to be on the waitlist in order to get in for 2021. That link and all the other links will be at the show notes at creativerising.com forward slash 401. That's creativerising.com forward slash 401. Thank you so much for joining me here on Creative Rising today. I will see you next week as we dive into another episode of what it's really like to run a photography business.